the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let's get into our Wednesday show. You know, it's hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day. We are closer to Friday than we were on Monday. And last night, I can tell you what time it was. I heard about it. Where is it at here? I don't have a time on it. Anyway, uh, Leslie Rutledge fell out of the governor's race here in Arkansas and has now decided to run for lieutenant governor. Uh I've got a statement from Doyle Webb. Ken has a statement from uh, Jason Rapert. So I'll go first with Webb's statement, and then you can read uh, what Rapert had to say. Said uh, Doyle Webb, quote, I first want to congratulate Arkansas's next governor, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I have no doubt she will be a fighter against an overreaching federal government and the best governor in the nation. Let the fact remain, I am the only candidate seeking the actual office of lieutenant governor. I'm not using that office to run for another office eight years from now and am not jumping out of this race. As someone who has offered the Attorney General much advice and friendship, I am severely disappointed with her decision to switch to this race, an office she doesn't respect. Quote, I'd be bored with a part-time job and a staff of two, she told the Democrat Gazette earlier this year about the lieutenant governor's race. I have too much respect for that office and my state to let someone hold that seat because they failed in another race. Strong words. What? Strong words. Yeah. Doyle Webb, former chairman of the Republican Party of Arkansas and candidate for lieutenant governor. So... You know, he stands on what he's running on, that he is the only candidate that's really seeking to be lieutenant governor and nothing else. You know, he's I think he's letting everybody know he's kind of wrapping up his political career, so to speak. Yep. But uh, that's pretty strong what he said about Leslie and then quoting Leslie's own words. Ooh, it's not good for you. No. Go ahead. No. Uh, Senator, state Senator uh, Jason Rapert. Also uh, had a quote and uh, took a shot at uh, uh, the attorney general. Uh, quote, Arkansas needs a lieutenant governor who will be a strong arm for our next governor, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. That cannot happen with a candidate who has continually attacked our likely nominee by questioning her leadership and ability to, at every turn. Quote, Raper said on Twitter, uh, quote, I'm proud to support and endorse Sarah Huckabee to be our next governor. 
I look forward to bringing my knowledge of the legislative process and my success representing the people of Arkansas to help make the next Republican administration to be the strongest in our state's history. I was the very first candidate to announce for Arkansas Lieutenant Governor. I have never wavered, and I am in this race to win it. We have led this race in fundraising, and we invite all our Kansans to join with us today. All right. So there it is. Lines have been drawn. We, you know, Ken and I have talked about Leslie's campaign, gubernatorial campaign, for several weeks, and it's understandable that uh, she dropped out of the race. I mean, we had the information everybody else had that she was uh, she was down like fifty one points or something. Fifty seven. Fifty seven. Yeah. That that's insurmountable. No. You know, it's you, hard to spend when you're only pulling sixteen percent. It's a hard thing to spend. And I consider both Sarah and Leslie uh, friends. And you know, we're yep. in the age where friends are gonna run against friends. That's just how it is. Uh and uh um but plans change for people. Uh but you know, people always say, Well my plan is to run for this or my plan is to run for that and uh, you know it's only two years away or it's only you know six months away well that's a long time uh, in the grand scheme of things and politics a lot can change overnight uh and so you know leslie's plans changed tim griffin's uh plans uh changed uh you know joseph wood who's running for lieutenant governor also but is washington county judge he'd never anticipated being washington county judge he was thrust into that about four years ago or so uh, and so politics is always um, always changing, and people have to make the best decision what they think's for them. And uh, you know, people don't make these decisions lightly. Uh, I'm I'm almost certain that Leslie talked to her supporters, her staff, her donors, um, people close to her, people advise her uh, as any smart uh, politico would if they were changing races. So I I have to believe that when the uh, primary vote happens in may of next year that you've got about four really good candidates here so i don't think anybody's going to get 50 plus one uh in that vote and they're going to have to have a runoff would you see that happening uh you know as a bystander in the in the lieutenant governor's race i think leslie would be the closest to getting 50 plus one uh, her name recognition is really high. It's higher than all five of the other candidates. So you could really have six candidates in the race uh, uh, right now. Uh, and she has more, way more money than other uh, the other six candidates. You know, so I know you know Senator Rapert and even Dr. Bloodside has mentioned their cash on hand being really really high. Well, now that uh, Leslie's in the race, it is is dwarfed by her by her money. Um, and she's going to be able to probably raise money that was going to Sarah uh, that uh, will probably go to Leslie now uh, w- with her switching races. So she'll she'll kind of get an infusion of money uh, here in the next quarter because of her switching races. And when you have low name ID like the other five do, uh, you need money to boost your name ID before you do anything else. Uh, and so I think it'd be hard. I, I, I can see the attorney general getting 50 plus one without a runoff. Well, you know, I understand name ID when you get into the general election. But if you have high name ID in the Repub- amongst the Republicans, 
you should be able to run a vigorous campaign against Leslie. Yes, she has high name recognition, but so does Rapert. I no, mean, he doesn't. And no, and I know Doyle does. Uh, no, they all don't. Amongst the public, they don't. I've seen the polling. public, I, yeah, but I'm talking about Republicans. Yeah, I'm now. talking about Republicans amongst the public. The, the Republicans are the public. Uh, this is pub- primary voters. Uh, and when it comes to name ID, Leslie has way more name ID amongst amongst our circles. Yeah, of course we know Jason Rapert. Of course we know Doyle Webb. Uh, amongst the Republican committees, of course we know those people. But people forget that the Republican committees across the state account for basically 0.1% of the vote. You need their support. You need their help. You need their money. You need the grassroots. It's a very important part of the thing. But name ID is is really hard. When, when someone's polling uh, uh, 60, 70 plus percent name ID and the rest of the field's polling the low teens and name ID, it, it, you know, it, it's it's a pretty tall task. And and I, I can guarantee you, Leslie Rutledge did internal polling before she jumped into this race. Yeah. I'll just be honest with everybody. I got problems when everybody wants to be something, and then they say, well, I can be something else. I, I got problems with because, that. Because then, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm, this is not a judgment on anyone. Right. I think uh, um, I'm with you there because it shows a lack of uh, self uh, reflection, inflection, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm a firm believer of, let's say Dave, Dave and I wanted to run for the same thing. I'm a firm believer that I would hope that Dave and I would go have lunch or something and say, Hey, who's the best, who's the best one of us for this uh, yeah. position? And we would, we, you know, sometimes you can't come to that conclusion, but I think most of the times you, you should be able to say, like, Oh, well, no, Dave, you're, you're better. You know, I'll sit this one out. You, you go get it. All right. We got more to talk about. We're going to deg- uh, agree to disagree on on the name recognition yep. because I think amongst Republicans, I think Jason has good name recognition. I think that Doyle has good. I know that Leslie does because what she's done as AG. I think the judge. I think he had, he has in Northwest Arkansas probably good name recognition. I don't know if Bledsoe does. I don't think so. And. Uh, I know that uh, this uncle of what's his name doesn't have any name recognition. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, how okay. you explain the last That's name? Right. I don't even right. remember what yeah. his last name is. All right, we'll take a break here on the Dave Ellswick show. When we come back, we're going to get the Heritage Foundation to join us. I forgot to give the number to uh, Heidi. I'll pass that on to her during the break. But we've got more to talk about today. East End Towing wants you to know that. No matter the situation, they can handle it for you. Whether you're just sitting on the side of the road and you need a tow, or you're sitting on the side of the road and need a tow, and you got your boat behind your uh, your truck or your camper behind your truck, or uh, you know even worse than that, uh, you know the bottom of your car fell out or something. You know, we've gone, we've all gone through the, the terrible times. I went through it again uh, last Sunday, and, and they had to replace the starter. My car got it back now from joe's and uh, the car is running fantastic all you have to do is call them though and tell them what your problem is and uh, they're going to come rescue you 501-888-8849 and it's 501-888-8849 i thought it was great yesterday when we had on uh greg Payne and he was talking about east end towing and had just uh, used them here recently Phone number again, 501-888-8849. That's East End Towing. All right, back with you. 
Uh, let you know that next week we'll uh, take a shot at getting Mary Bentley on. You know, I've I've spoken very publicly and very loudly about how Republican women have pushed the Republican Party in the right direction, mm-hmm. and uh, we want to get her on. I, I want to get Robin Lundstrom on, Mayberry, and some of the others as well, making all of their uh, their di- their decisions. So. Um, We'll see if we can't get Mary on next week. She's running for re-election. I'd like to get her on. I'm the one who talked her into running in the first place. Yeah, so but she's getting we get her you on. Know, she, they they really uh, did a number on her district. She's oh, got, did they? Yeah, know. they cut out Yale County, which is her base, and yeah, put her in Perry. She's got a portion of Faulkner County now, and the north part of Saline County now. We'll come back and we'll talk about that. That's important <laughs> stuff to talk about because. Uh, when you get into the internal uh, determinations of what happens politically, uh, sometimes if you're not in the governor's good graces, you find yourself being punished for doing good things. And we'll talk about that with Mary. We'll definitely want to talk about that. And I find it reprehensible that the governor has done what he's done. All right. She is a jewel on the house side all right hans how are you brother how are things going in washington dc oh they're bad as always you know, <laughs> <past> year. <laughs> yeah. the past year has been uh it's even worse than it was during the uh, obama administration and i never thought i'd say that well you know i've always said that carter was the worst president i ever lived under and i served under him as well and then reagan came and i served half of my tour in the military under reagan and and serving under those two men was like the difference between day and night it was nighttime with carter and it was daytime with reagan but let's talk about now i mean i'm looking at biden and biden is worse than carter oh oh yes and and the folks he has working for him are some of the most radical left-wing ideologues I've I've ever encountered. And look, I've I've been in this town now 20 years, and I, I've seen a lot. And the people he has working for him are are just. I, I mean, I hate to word use the word crazy, but but they are. Look, just one quick example, if I can, is sure. It, it is it is absolutely outrageous that Merrick Garland, the Attorney General. Has organized a task force of the FBI, the criminal division, the Justice Department, and of all things, the National Security Division inside justice. That's the division that goes after jihadist terrorists. He's organized them into a task force to go after parents protesting at school boards yep. about mask mandates and uh, critical race theory propaganda being taught to their kids. I, I never thought I would see something like that, and yet uh, we are seeing it. He's unapologetic about it, and that is one of the worst abuses of the law enforcement powers of federal government I've ever seen. Does it worry you? Because I know I brought this up when it was passed, and that's the Patriot Act, that depending on who was in power, the Patriot Act could be used against its own citizens, and it looks like that's what's happening now. Well, in fact, uh, you know what what he, what uh, the Attorney General did was prompted by a letter 
from the National School Board Association, which also is, you know, very much a left-wing group, they sent a letter to Biden, in fact, suggesting that the Patriot Act be used against these parents because the National School Board Association said that they they should be considered as domestic terrorists. Now, a week after that letter surfaced, they were so taken aback by... um, uh, everyone's reaction to it, that they withdrew the letter and apologized for it. But that letter really reveals their innermost thinking um, uh, about parents and about the use of the, I'm sorry, misuse of the Patriot Act. Yep, yep, and, and they were using it uh, to go after Trump. We know that now. It's just, this is just really, you know, we're, we're in a scary time, I, I do believe. Last question, then we'll get to the main topic that I wanted you to come on and talk about is dealing with elections. And, and that is uh, this lady that's up for, was it banking? And she made this statement about coal, oil, and uh, was it gas, I guess it was, and said that, you know, if, there, if you're a small, if you're a small player, we're going to make you go bankrupt so that we can get this Green New Deal going. She said that to the committee. Oh, no, I know. They, they want to, again, it's I, the ideology drives them, not the practical um, realities of life in the U.S., the practical realities of, of energy production. And, look, you can see it in the fact that the price of gas has like, doubled, Yes, Biden came into office. That is a deliberate policy by the administration. And they want to drive in the same way. Remember, Obama did everything he could to drive the coal industry out of business. And this administration wants to do the same thing to the oil and gas, which is the power that uh, is the harness of the American economy and our great quality of life. And they want to destroy it. Yeah, we got to remember that Obama's one who said that everybody has to realize that electrical costs are going to go up because we, we've got to protect the planet, basically. Right. Yeah, so that's, that's why we're we, That's why California, California has that policy in place, have had it for years. And they constantly have brownouts and blackouts there because they don't have enough energy production for the population. Can understand. All right, so let's talk about voting. We got another election coming up next year. Uh, I know here in Arkansas, we've done a lot of things to try to tighten stuff up. I mean, well, we used to have voter I- we had voter ID here, but there was a caveat that said, "Look, if you don't have your ID, you forgot it. You can sign a letter saying you're who you you are." And we'll give you a, a, a ballot. They got rid of that in this last session. Uh, that you have to show ID now. And it looks like to me the, the Republican states, the red states, are tightening everything up, uh, but not so much in the blue states. Well, no, that's exactly right. And and the the, the book that John Fine and I uh, wrote, which has just been released, called "Our Broken Elections." I mean, we go through that and we explain kind of what happened last year. And last year was the Basically, the, the, uh, what happened was this long effort by the left. It's been going on for years through litigation, through lobbying of state legislatures, to ch- change election rules for the worse, to get rid of voter ID laws, 
to not allow states to clean up their voter registration rolls and take off people who died and moved away. I mean, that's what they've been working towards. And last year, they moved forward a, a, a very far because they you, suddenly they had COVID as an excuse and a uh-huh. justification, they said, for doing this. And we kind of cover all that. Now, fortunately, this year in the legislative sessions, uh, as you just mentioned, it wasn't just Arkansas, but a number of other states actually cleaned up um, their election laws. Georgia did, Texas did, Florida. All of them did smart things. And as you, as you saw, the reaction from the political left, the media, uh, was, was to attack them unmercifully, claiming that they were reimposing Jim Crow just because, for example, they want to ask people for an ID uh, when they vote, which the American public overwhelmingly says, well, of course you should do that. It's, it's a common sense requirement, and yet that is what they call Jim Crow, which tells you you got to wonder, why are they so against that? Yeah. Why are they, do they not want observers in precincts watching the voting? You know, that they, they protested the strengthening of poll watcher laws in Texas, too. They said that was Jim Crow. Why do they not want observers in the polling places? Well, I think it's because Hans, they Hans I, I got to get a break. I got to get a break in. Can, can you wait and come back with me? Sure. All right, we'll get back to our special guest from the Heritage Foundation in a moment, talking further about his book, Our Broken Elections, How the Left Changed the Way You Vote. And uh, we got some specific questions we want to ask him as we move uh, further into the interview. But first, let me remind you about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. I was over visiting with Eric on Saturday, and, uh, you know, he told me that every woman wants a pair of you know, stud diamond earrings. That's what they, they want. And uh, since my wife doesn't, I've been married over 30 years, and but she doesn't have a, a, a pair of stud earrings, I went over and got some for her. And uh, the price was right. Uh, you know, what Eric does was, was right, and uh, I got it all taken care of. Now, he's open today starting at 10 a.m., and he's open every day Monday through Saturday, uh, opening at 10 a.m. and closing around 6 o'clock in the uh, the afternoon. Uh, if you want to go and, and have a, a conversation with him, maybe you want something developed that's unique, you need to give him a call at 501-246-3655 and uh, talk to him about that. And, uh, you know, if you want something designed, that takes more time than just looking in in the cabinets he's got the showcases and picking out a, pa- a pair of diamond stud earrings uh, i can guarantee you that but uh, i mean you can walk in at 10 o'clock and do that or uh, give him a call and set up a time that you can visit with him they've got a uh, a machine that allows them to design the ring uh, do a, a a cast of it and then they can uh, cast the ring and Put the jewels that you want in it. They can do it all right there at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Again, there are 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard, Suite E in Little Rock. Phone number 501-246-3655. And remember that name, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Uh, It's a great place to go. All right, let's get back and and talk further about uh, this uh, book. And, And listen, Ken, why don't you go ahead and... And start with the next question. Go ahead. Yeah, hey, Hans. Uh, this is Ken Yang. I'm a 
political consultant uh, here in Arkansas and and the chair, chairman of the uh, Republican chairs here here in Arkansas and appreciate all that you're doing. Um, you know, as I travel the state, uh, it's just a topic that continues to come up is uh, the voter fraud in the 2020 uh, elections and the you know the the worry of what's going to happen here in 2022. Uh, even in Arkansas, we had voter fraud here in Little Rock with a race that a Republican was supposed to win, and then he woke up, you know, a week later, and uh, the Democrat had won by about 12 votes. Um, and so with the races in Virginia, New Jersey, and even some of the special elections in Ohio, uh, you know, I hope there's some good news for the people, for the listeners, about our elections moving forward. Well, like I said I, I think there are. I mean, look, there's been two paths that's been that have been happening for the past uh, two years. Look, when Nancy Pelosi, uh, when they came in, they took over the the House. Um, the very first bill, Ken, as you know, that they dropped was what's called HR one. That's it. It was not. It was nine hundred pages. You know, we have a chapter in our book where we describe what was in that bill. Um, But basically, it was a federal takeover of the running of elections, and it uh, wiped out all these state laws. For example, uh, any voter ID requirements that any state had, like Arkansas, would have been illegal under federal law if H.R. 1 had come in. Not only did it wipe out just basic, uh, basic security requirements like that, but then it put in all these bad mandates. Um like requiring same-day voter registration in every state. Same-day voter registration means that a person has to be allowed to walk into a polling place, register, and immediately vote. Think about what they were trying to do. If you combine same-day voter registration with no voter ID, uh, Ken, it means I, I could walk into any – I don't live in Arkansas. I could live in – I could walk – I could fly to Arkansas, walk into any polling place on Election Day – register to vote with a fake name, a fake address. They have to let me register. They have to give me a ballot. And even if they're suspicious, I'm not really a, a local uh, person in Arkansas, they can't ask me for ID. That was the kind of bill they were trying to push through. It got it passed the House, uh, but the Republicans successfully filibustered it in the Senate. They, at the same time this has been going on, remember, States, uh, there's been a, there was a push in the states in the first uh, quarter of this year when they held their legislative sessions to clean up many of these problems. And as I said before, a number of states actually did good things um, and did things like in Georgia and Texas, for example. They had a voter ID law, great law, but it only applied to in-person voting. So what they do, they change their laws to extend their ID requirement to absentee ballot and that's a very necessary security requirement for absentee ballot yeah the question that i had is that that bill as i read it and went through it was unconstitutional did they did they really think they could get it past the supreme court they don't care whether okay. something's constitutional or not and they assume that uh they can win in court with liberal judges. Um, yeah, maybe somewhere down the road a case might get to the Supreme Court. Maybe the Supreme Court will throw it out. But that doesn't stop them from from uh, passing legislation. I mean, look, one, one of the provisions in that, that law, H.R. 1, which is clearly unconstitutional, 
was a provision that said that every state had to restore the rights of felons to vote the uh-huh. moment they step out of prison. Well, Congress can't pass a bill saying that. Why? If you read the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, it literally gives that right to the states. The states get to decide what if, if felons uh, get to vote, and if you take their right to vote away, uh, their, their right to vote away when they get it back, and yet here in this bill they're trying to force the states to do this. That was clearly unconstitutional. Yeah, it's it's a, well, all you got to do is look at the Biden administration right now on this whole thing about OSHA and uh, vaccines yeah. and. Uh, the court's telling them, uh, no, you can't do that. And they're saying, well, we're going to do it anyway. I mean, yeah, they're, they're completely the lawless. lawless. They, they are. And it's really the most lawless uh, regime uh, in the executive branch I think we've ever had in our entire history. And that's saying quite a bit because they're even worse than the Obama administration. All right. Last question for you, then I'll let you run and do all the other things that you do during the day, because Hans is the senior legal fellow and manager of the election law reform initiative uh, at the Heritage Foundation. Heritage Foundation, one of the really great conservative foundations. Uh, A lot of the times when I go to Washington, D.C. and broadcast my show, I use their studio. They got a great studio there that they they make uh, available to us. But they got a new book. It's called Our Broken Elections, How the Left Changed the Way You Vote. I'm going to highly recommend this would make a great, you know, Christmas gift. You might want to get it before then for people to read because the issues that they're taking on are really, really important. And and, and Hans, what what's the number one thing that you want people to take away after they read your book? To get involved at the grassroots level. You as a citizen ought to be monitoring what your local county election officials are doing Mm -hmm. and asking them questions. You ought to be talking to your state legislature and saying, hey, uh, if if you're in a state, we we got no voter ID requirement in this state or or it only applies to in-person voting, doesn't affect absentee ballots, you guys need to do something about this. That kind of grassroots action is what will get things changed in this country the right way. All right. Hans, thanks so much for being with us today. I I appreciate it. John Fund worked with you on this book? He did. It was a joint effort by the two of us. All right. We'll have you on again in the future and when we get close to primary season and go over some of these things again because we got to keep it fresh in the in the voting public's mind. Thank you so much and have a great day. All right. From thanks the Heritage Foundation was uh, Hans von Spatskowski. That's why I just call him Hans, all right? That's a mouthful, that last name is. But, uh, yeah, that, it, this is a book you need to read. Our Broken Elections and How the Left Changed the Way You Vote. You need to understand this. Uh, Arkansas has been pretty good, I have to tell you. Mark Lowry and others have done a lot of, of work uh, to protect the integrity uh, of your vote. Still more work to do, but uh, our... Our integrity of the vote is still pretty doggone good. All right, let's get our uh, final break in. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, for this hour, I want to talk to you about just uh, Dustin Turner. And uh, Dustin, I've had him at my house, had him come out, uh, talk to me about selling my home. I'm still going to sell it. It's just that I've been slow on getting repairs done that he told me I need to get done. You know, you got to have the 
as I like to say, the lettuce to feed the rabbit, you know, to be able to do this. And I, I had a few things that needed to be done and I'm getting them done. And as soon as they're finished and uh, the household goes up for sale and uh, Dustin told me the things that I needed to fix. Now there were other things that I said, well, what about this or what about that? He says, you don't have to worry about that. They're not the ones that people typically look at. So just take care of the things that I'm telling you. So I, I trust this guy. I mean, he's got a track record of selling homes that's incredible, really is incredible. And uh, he understands with his the way that he does things that uh, the Internet is where you need to be. And he'll make sure you get in places on the Internet you won't even have thought about. He's got photographers that will stage your house. They'll get the house on, make it look good, get pictures of your, you know, um, front of your home and that curb appeal and all the rest and and make things look great. And that's Dustin Turner. This is who you need to call. It's who I called, it's who I've met. I trust this guy. I think you can too. 501-952-2969 is his number 501-952-2969 you can google him at dustin turner the home team or just go online to hometeamsoldit.com and you can start packing all right we are back here on the dave ellswick show let me i want to we're talking to hans about this lady that they're trying to put up the democrats are uh for the uh oh what is it what is it that she's up for the the banking, it's about the banking industry. And here's what she had to say of the coal, oil, and gas industries. Quote, here, what I'm thinking about is primarily the coal and oil and gas industry. A lot of the smaller players in that industry are going to probably go bankrupt in short order. And remember what the Democrats have done. They've not just attacked him saying you can't drill and things. They've got into the banking industry and said that banks can't loan them money. You know, we'll talk. We're going to talk next half hour with French Hill about that. At least we want them to go bankrupt. Let me read that again from her. At least we want them to go bankrupt if we want to tackle climate change. Right. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's people who call her a socialist. That's not socialist talking. That's a communist talking. I'm, ta- I'm telling you, that's a communist that's talking there. And they're trying to put her in a, in a very serious position. Should never, never even be up in front of a Senate committee to talk to him. But this is who Biden has surrounded himself with because he's clueless. Uh, and we go back, we've talked about this week after week. The, the deals that he made to become president of the United States when all those Democrats dropped out overnight when Bernie Sanders was going to become the nominee. Yeah. Uh, and th- these are the types of people that he's been re- almost required to and nominate. He's been hanging around with them. Yeah. And uh, just look at the, the energy secretary, you know, when they were talking about the rising gas prices of 40-plus percent for this uh, uh, winter, uh, she was on CNN saying equating it to vaccination status saying that if more people would get vaccinated our energy prices would go down (laughs) obama set this up in his first two terms 
I, I want to remind you that he said that electrical power had to go up before it could start coming down because he wanted solar. That's what he wanted. And so he knew if you got rid of the the cheap way of doing electricity, generating electricity, coal, it was going to make prices rise, but he was hoping then that they could get enough solar panels in to push it back down, which uh, scientists that have been out talking about this said ain't going to happen. Well, even the progressives didn't like Obama because he was Obama was really big into fracking. Yes. You know, he didn't like the you know oil industry, but he sure liked the natural gas industry, and he you know he that's why if you look at the numbers, uh, natural gas went down significantly during the Obama administration, yep. but obviously oil prices skyrocketed, and and natural gas is going back up again. Yeah, you know it's going because they don't let us sell it now. No, we can't sell it to anybody. It's crazy. These people are crazy. They are communists. Which is, which is why I've always loved. I loved the term Sarah Palin came up with, drill, baby, drill. Yeah. It's the truth. That's what Trump did and what we were energy independent. That's right. You don't want to be energy independent? And for years, the, the, uh, the, the environmentalists told us there's not any more oil left. God, oh, yeah. there's so much oil left. Yeah, great. Great. Yeah. What was that? Gray oil back in the eighties? They said we were running out. Yeah, and yeah, we weren't running yeah. out. I no. always said technology would find a way, and it has. That's right. And while we, but it, it's twofold. Republicans agree in improving the environment and becoming energy dependent and finding alternative forms of energy. Yeah, but you don't stop one industry to start another industry. You continue the the natural gas, coal, oil industry while finding alternative ways of energy so what is the industry they never talk about nuclear oh yeah nuclear is the only clean really clean energy production oh, if they could shut down the there. nuclear power plants they would yeah well they would i know they uh, would i understand that it's not three mile island technology <laughs> anymore <laughs> if you don't know what that is google it all right it's not three mile island reactors anymore it's way way beyond that it is a a safer way i mean look you go to france that's how most of their power is is made through nuclear power it's the way they do it all right so anyway we'll keep our eye on that story as well we'll talk to uh the congressman in the next hour about this lady as she's crazy and then uh this came out overnight wholesale prices at the end of october Wholesale prices, all right, surged by 8.6% since October of last year. Uh, that's the highest year-over-year increase recorded by the federal government since it began tracking the data with the Labor Department. The report, bad news for us, who are struggling with sticker shock as prices climb, it suggests that a high inflation rate is here to stay despite the Biden administration's insistence that it is temporary. We'll see what the, what the uh, congressman has to say about that. I know he'll have something to oh, say yeah. about that. He'll have something to say about that woman because he's so intricately involved on the House side with the banking industry. Yep. Yep. So we'll see what he has to say about her as well. These are the things, you know, you need to know about. And I'm going to tell you what, no other talk show here in central Arkansas is talking about them. No, they think 
Dave, you're getting in the weeds. No, I'm not. This stuff is going to affect you on a day-to-day basis. You been to the pump lately? Yeah. Yeah, it was this show. Just think about the $600 IRS deal. It was this show that we talked yeah, about it. Yeah, nobody nobody knew about that, and we brought it up yeah. to everybody. And then uh, Congressman Hill, I told him, when you come on next week, let's talk. He says, oh, you've heard about that, huh? Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> you know? I, he likes me because I really do try to keep my finger on what's happening. And I'll keep my finger on what's happening that's going to affect you. And there's a lot coming down the pipe that you got to be aware of that's going to uh, affect you. But Congressman Hill will be on next. I'm not exactly sure whether Congressman Westerman will join us or not. Uh, Last week he couldn't. I haven't heard back from his people for uh, today. So, you know, when I uh, will just come up to 735 and if he calls, he calls. If he doesn't, Ken's here, and he and I can sit here and yeah. tell you things that are going on locally that you need to know about uh, as well. Uh, we'll do that here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so, you know, I'm, I'm worried. I tell you, to the, the uh, uh, Consumer Price Index comes out today, and that comes out to, yeah, today, in fact, so we'll be interested in, in, in that. I'm going to um, apologize uh, to all of my friends that i served with in the marine corps because typically today i definitely play their theme all right and i i don't i didn't tell heidi to get it ready so it's not her fault it's my fault all right because today is the 246th birthday of the united states marines Mm. so semper fi to my marine friends and uh, but always remember the air force did it right uh, we sent our officers out to fight. That's what, that's what I always <laughs> I wish people. Kerry Murphy was sitting here right now. To re- re- <laughs> yeah, he would laugh. He would laugh. <laughs> All right. We'll get a break in. We'll get news at the top of the hour. And then Congressman French Hill will join us from Washington, D.C. of a Wednesday show and we're being joined by Congressman French Hill. He joins us every Wednesday unless some kind of vote's going on that he has to be on the floor of the House to cast his vote or whatever. So we want to thank him again for making himself uh, uh, open to being on the show today. A lot of big issues to talk about, Congressman. Let's start off with yesterday. Uh, they came out with the uh, 
the numbers of 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 inflation happening uh, in our country not for consumers this is for the businesses 8.6 percent the highest number ever seen uh for inflation right now over the last i don't know like 11 or 12 years since department of labor has been looking at at them uh, this way and uh, it's not good news for americans and uh at the bottom of the hour, we'll hear from uh, the Department of Labor about the the uh, consumer price index, and I'm I'm hearing that the the Biden administration is really bracing that it's, they're thinking that it's going to be really bad news. What what are you hearing, Dave? Uh, good morning to you and Ken. Yes, this is something that I've been talking about uh, since last. Uh, Late last uh, winter, uh, when I've met several times with the Federal Reserve chief to urge him not to greenlight these additional huge spending packages. And he did it anyway, meaning he didn't object to the Biden administration spending that $1.9 trillion back in March, which I didn't believe we needed to authorize. And now we have the infrastructure, $1.2 trillion. And we're on the cusp of Joe Biden trying to cram through what estimates uh, say is $4 trillion in additional spending. And look, let me again repeat, this is on top of <clears throat> the money we spend every year, 4.4 to $4.5 trillion to run the whole government. Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, buying aircraft carriers, uh, the national defense, our national parks, et cetera. So <clears throat> that is a key component in what I think is fueling Inflation is weak monetary policy and too much federal spending, and you get these kind of numbers. You get an 8% increase in wholesale prices, largest in 11 years, as you say. This is what makes our prices at the store then go up, and it's an indication of why we will have the most expensive Thanksgiving in decades. We're talking about turkeys alone up 27% in price year over year from last year. Uh So I am concerned about this. I think government policy is definitely contributing to it on top of the supply chain challenges. And the Biden administration uh, is not taking the action that they should. Did you see him? uh, I guess he had some kind of a uh, of a uh, meeting on computer that people could take part in. And, And he was saying, I know there's a lot of people here in the country that are suffering right now with gas prices, food prices, yada, yada, yada. But it it will get better. You know what I heard? I heard Jimmy Carter talking to me again back in the 70s. That's, that's the kind of thing that he was saying all the time, except he wasn't saying it on a computer. He was having a press conference and saying it to the American people. Yeah, I mean, this is why his approval ratings are at 38%, finally giving Jimmy Carter a reprieve from the worst president in our lifetimes. So, look, the function is not him suddenly empathizing because his approval rating is down at 38%. The issue is he doesn't understand economics. He doesn't understand what the changes need to be to address this and that his own policies are driving it. That's the failure here. So just like the failure on the border, where he can't keep the border secure, where we're overrun, the failure in exiting Afghanistan. These economic failures are affecting every American family. How are you, how are you all uh, addressing 
uh, this report that's out about these families that have snuck into our country, broke our laws, and now the Justice Department is saying we're supposed to be paying them money. Mm-hmm. All right, we're supposed to be giving them money. I mean, we keep hearing the four hundred and fifty thousand. I don't know if it's that high, but if it's a dollar, it's too high. I mean, I think Americans are shocked. I mean, Ken Yang is your own testimony for a family that waits years to come into the United States legally. I've met with families uh, from all over the world that sat in a hotel room in Hong Kong or sat in a uh, with in-laws or outlaws uh, in some foreign country waiting for their final approval to get uh, residency status in the U.S. And uh, they are insulted by this behavior. And then the fact that we've had a record, 20-year record, 101.7 million people come across the border illegally that we know about mm-hmm. Uh, is I think Americans are sick of this. It's another area where Joe Biden has proactively taken steps in the wrong direction to weaken border security. Stop building the wall. Stop the Remain in Mexico policy. Not testing people when they come in the country. Not turning people uh, back uh, and, and have the right personnel issues. So here paying someone who came in the country illegally $450,000 in settlement of a lawsuit against American law is just insults the average American's intelligence. What we're doing in Congress is, number one, calling attention to this nationwide every chance we get with the public to get them focused on this issue and how we need to block it. Number two, uh, we've uh, certainly urged the courts to review this uh, carefully and uh, called it for what it is. We don't think it's appropriate. We've complained to the Justice Department. And you get this double talk from the White House where he says he calls the assertion that he's proposing to pay $450,000 per child uh, during the end of the Trump administration uh, garbage, calls it garbage. And yet his spokesperson comes out and says, no, he knows all about it and is for it. So, again, mismanagement uh, is the is the uh, word of the day for the Biden administration. Yeah, the um, you know, I don't share this part of my story, uh, my family story, my dad's story. But my dad actually came over to the U.S. A little, for a little over a year before my mom, and my brother and sister came over. Why? Because he had to check it out, too. He had to make money in order to be able to pay for my mom and my brother and sister to come over. And that's what a lot of people do. And my goodness, if you would have told him that uh, he was going to get $450,000, they would have all come over uh, yesterday. Uh, but uh, I want to pivot a little bit to, to energy because we see energy prices uh, uh, growing. We saw the uh, Secretary of Energy talk about how the supply chain was caused by people not being vaccinated uh, and, uh, you know, Peter Ducey actually asked uh, the uh, president uh, spokesperson saying, hey, I hear you're about to shut down another pipeline. And should know that's untrue, but we're studying the effects of shutting down a pipeline. <laughs> uh, so I, I just, I mean, what I mean, how, that mean? How, I mean, come how, on. How much, more, how much worse can it get? I mean, I just, uh, I, I mean, is there any recourse whatsoever what they're doing with their with our energy here in here in the u.s 
Well, once again, here again, we see the Biden administration taking steps that have made this worse and exposing mismanagement, bad ideas and hypocrisy. The hypocrisy is when he got into office, he shut down the Keystone Pipeline, shutting down jobs all over the Midwest, including hundreds of jobs here in Arkansas. Uh, the company here in Little Rock that was making that transmission pipe from Canada to Oklahoma employed over a thousand people. Now they just have a hundred or so. And that story is repeated throughout the area, including, you know, cutting off money to Indian tribes that agreed to help get the pipeline built. So he's doing this, uh, reducing our infrastructure, saying we can't drill on federal lands. And when you start doing that and proposing new taxes on it, you're seeing that the return on oil and gas investing is going down. So people are not replacing. Now, this is a key point of what the Biden policy is causing. So we're making it hard to transport. So meaning more unsafe because we're putting it on rail cars instead of pipelines. Secondly, we're taking away the economic incentive to invest in replacement, replacement energy we need, which is why you're seeing natural gas prices for heating our home, cooking our food, going to spike 54% this winter is the projection. It's crazy. And we're going to be using nuclear and fossil fuels to heat our cool, our homes, fuel, our automobiles and transportation, our trucks that deliver our food, our ships on the sea for several more decades. It's a pipe dream that you're going to convert overnight in five years, in four years to renewables only. Yep. And you have to do, therefore, both. And this is where the Biden administration gets it completely wrong. Now, we talked about that a little earlier in the last hour, Ken and I did. What do you think about this Ormarova who's up for the banking committee? I know you are intricately involved on the House side in the banking industry. How about what she said to the Senate committee? Let me just quote her. Here's what I'm thinking about is primarily the coal and oil and gas industry. A lot of the smaller players in that industry are going to probably go bankrupt in short order at least we want them to go bankrupt if we want to tackle climate change right this is a commie this lady's a commie why why are they even having her sit up in front of this committee they she should be going back to whatever ivy league school she came from well she actually came from moscow state is where she got her degree and that's not a joke uh, literally, she is a person who is a Soviet sympathizer uh, and went to school there. And she's brought home uh, communist Marxist ideas. And this is flabbergasting to uh, a country banker in a county in Arkansas, New Mexico, Texas, to say, oh, the chief bank regulator of the United States to be nominated by President Joe Biden is essentially a communist. Yeah. You can't make it up. It's nuts. I agree. And to, I, I thought certainly she would not actually see her name go forward to the Senate, that they were just floating her name because she's a pal of Elizabeth Warren's. But in fact, Sherrod Brown, senator from Ohio, chairman of the Senate Banking Committee, Democrat, is enthusiastically embraced her nomination. Wow. We'll come back, talk more about this. There's more to say about her, and I'd like, I'd like to say it and let you say what you think, and as well, when we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Now, understand, 
that the congressman is over in the House. He has no say on what's going on in the Senate banking, but he's watching, I can tell you. He's watching what they're doing over there and how insane this is, although Mark Warner and and Sinema and maybe another uh, Democrat look like they're turning their back on this lady and she'll not get through. I'll also tell you what Tom Cotton had to say about her, which was pretty good. So Dave Ellswick show. Don't forget about sticking with us. We got the uh, congressman coming back in just a moment. You know, if you're concerned about uh, out of control government spending, soaring inflation, political unrest and a rapid decline in the U.S. dollar, you should be looking into investing in at least a little bit of silver and gold to help protect your nest egg. Don't let 1970s style inflation destroy your retirement. Learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets, your IRA, your 401k, hard-earned savings by calling 501-222-3315. The David Lucas Financial will tell you that they have one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country for gold and silver, so you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust. The number to call to ask about buying silver and gold is 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. All right, so, Congressman, let me ask you to explain something to me. It's from an article I was reading, and it says that this lady that's up for this position over all the banks of the United States, uh, where she's received criticism, is her support of the notion to take something called demand deposit accounts, DDAs, which include ordinary people's checking and savings accounts out of the purview of commercial banks and put those accounts directly with the U.S. Federal Reserve. Can you explain it to us so that we can understand it? Well, I'm not insane, so this will be very challenging. Uh, But here's what she says. She has an article in the Vanderbilt Law Review uh, suggesting that Banks can't be trusted. Banks hurt people. Banks don't do a good job. And the solution is have the government provide banking service oh my God. and get rid, of, get rid of banks. And so what she suggests is that we all close our account at our credit union or our bank or even a brokerage company, wherever you keep your savings. And we want you to open up an account at the U.S. government at the Fed. And that way, she knows every transaction that you do. The government will have all your transaction data. The government can start paying you not to work because that's where we'll start crediting your account because we want to have universal basic income. And we'll credit your account there for food assistance and school and whatever else we're going to start paying for. And then we're going to also have uh, all that financial control. This is exactly what happens in a communist country where the government replaces the private sector in finance. And once you do that, you can control the whole economy. And that's what China has done, of course. Everybody understands that. And when you combine it today, Dave, with the telecommunication system, you know, digital money is money. Everything is now through a telecommunications process. And right. so we'll have the government control that and the government control our, our banking system by making everybody bank at the Fed. It's a nutty idea. 
<laughs> she's on the cutting edge of leading nutty. And this is the person that Joe Biden chooses to nominate for the comptroller of the currency. So what you're saying is not only would the government control your health care, they would con- they would control your money, which means bottom line, they control your life. Yeah, this is this is we're we're dependent on a uh, basically, even though we have private doctors and and uh, nonprofit and private hospitals and clinics and things, we're dependent on the federal government for the health care payment system uh, supplemented by our insurance. Right. Uh, but it's a heavily dominated federal rule dominated system. And she wants that effectively for banking. She wants to uh, take all that private sector uh, <laughs> companies that are subject to federal regulation, but they, you know, they run their own businesses. They call their own customers. They decide whether they succeed or fail. She wants to make that a holy government function. Yeah. So the bottom line is there's no doubt that this lady is preaching communism and elected officials of our government, many of them are showing that they're willing to go along. Yeah, well, this is the whole uh, this is the whole frustration, I think, of every voter who uh, put Joe Biden in office. I mean, Joe Biden said, oh, I'm no communist. I'm no socialist. I'm not Bernie Sanders. I'm old Joe. I'm Uncle Joe from Scranton. I'm a hardworking blue collar guy that's out there for the working man. Uh, show me something he's done that isn't for more government, big government, hurting the working man's chances of getting a job in this country, crushing the working man's ability to pay for Thanksgiving. It's the exact opposite. And this is why Americans are frustrated, and this is why he's in the 30% for approval ratings. All right. Can we stop all this stuff before the 22 elections, or uh, are we going to have to go in and take this all apart piece by piece once we take and i think this i can say this pretty loudly we take over the the house again and take over the senate well that's the mission but look we can pick our fights and we can make change for example i mean uh, biden's such a failure on the border he says he's willing to reinstitute the remain in mexico policy designed by president trump well that's a start it's a big problem. It's a comprehensive border problem, and it's not going to be solved by one thing. But we need to fight these fights and be loud about it and talk about it and get our allies together to push back on each of these bad decisions, and we will have an influence. But if we really want to stop this agenda, we have to take the House and the Senate back. All right, we're down to one minute. Last question for you. Is the caucus in the House meeting together as well as the caucus in the Senate for the Republican Party? Are you all putting together uh, some policies to negate what this president is doing that you can take to the people when they go to the polls next year? Exactly. We have task forces we put together that are throughout the House. We're coordinating that with the Senate on a better economic policy. We want to go back to the pre-pandemic economic policy where people had jobs and people had rising incomes and inflation was under control. We want to have a place where America is first in foreign policy, defend this country. We want to secure a border. And we're putting all those plans in place on what we'll do if we're given the privilege of being in charge of the House in January 2023. Got my fingers crossed. Congressman, All the best. thank you. Don't you have a fair. great day. All right, Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, he joins us just about every Wednesday at 7.05. And you need to be listening and hearing what he's saying because it's getting and staying serious. 
All right, CPI is out. Consumer Price Index. We'll talk about it in just a moment. First, let me remind you about Pat Davis and your health insurance. How about saving some money for a change instead of just throwing your money down a black hole? You know, the whole uh, definition of uh, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and expecting a different result. You have to do things different to get a different outcome, and that's where uh, Pat Davis comes in. He can save you 30 to 50% on health insurance. He can make sure you don't have a copay anymore. He can get you actual insurance and not a share plan. And it can be any provider in the nation. And at times you're going to get checks back from doctors, urgent care facilities, and even the hospital. Now you might think in your mind when you hear me say all of those things, "Ah, too good to be true. Well, have you talked to Pat? Have you called him and discussed this with him? If you haven't, then you don't know whether it's too good to be true or not. Give yourself a break. I mean, if you could think about what you pay every month for health insurance. What if it was 50% less? What would you do with that additional monies? Find out with Pat Davis. Call him 501-605-6935. It's 501-605-6935. I mean, what's it going to take, 15, 20 minutes to ask him the questions you got? It, uh, you can do it online if you'd like to. It's your health plan man. That's what everybody knows Pat as. Yourhealthplanman.com. So, Pat Davis, keep that in mind. All right, uh, let's see what we got here for the CPI. Um, this is crazy. Go ahead. Uh, the... Energy index rose 30% over the past 12 months. 30%? 30%. The largest 12-month increase since the period ending September 2005. Okay. Uh, basically, all anything energy rose. The gasoline index rose 49.6%, highest level since 2014. Fuel index oil index rose 59.1 percent index for natural gas rose 28.1 percent and electricity rose 6.5 percent and going to go higher i'm just telling you when it starts really getting cold and you have to start uh, making you're making your uh, your electricity uh, with natural gas and they're not using coal anymore because obama tried to kill the coal industry You're going to be paying more, yeah. And you know, we would, you mentioned cumulatively the uh, it's the cumulative increase index was six point two percent, the largest twelve month increase since the period ending November of nineteen ninety. There you go. All right. Don't and look for you who voted for Biden. You had no excuse for voting for the man. None. Oh, but, but but the guys, the other guys' tweets were so mean. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing I ever heard, and it's like, how it hurt re- my how, feelings. How ridiculous! How ridiculous! Who had the best programs? We had a country that was roaring ahead, and you just pulled the rug out from under it. And I I got to believe there is a lot of buyer's remorse out there now with Uncle Joe. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering when. I'm wondering if he won't step down. 
He won't step down. I mean, will will he be like, I mean, all of his policies have been uh, a a draconian failure. Look, uh, will uh, he do like LBJ during the Vietnam War and say, I won't run for reelection? Will he come out and say that? uh, I think he'll be way closer towards uh, election season before he says that. I think he will. Um, But doubt he'll step down uh, because we've talked about this when he first got elected. Uh, uh, Dr. Jill Biden, the first lady, there will be no way that <laughs> She'll the first give it up, lady right? will give up that position. Uh, and and she, is, she is well behind the scenes running a lot of things. But, uh, I mean, this Oh, by is, the way, and for the people who say that doesn't happen, go back and read your history. Look up Woodrow Wilson. He had several strokes while he was in office. And they said that he was making the decisions... It was his wife that was signing legislation. They yeah. know that now. They didn't know it then. They yeah. know it now. So uh, don't think that it can't happen Well, they again. post things on Facebook of, uh, of the First Lady, uh, you know, reading about stuff for these summits. And I'm like, why is she reading the, the, the agenda and the information for these summits? She's not the president. Yep. Yeah. Um, but uh, a 6.2%, I mean, that that is just... You know, since 1990, and the index for less food and energy rose 4.6 percent, which is the largest increase since August of 91. I'm going to tell you this: what happened in Virginia and New Jersey, and uh, some of the special elections in Washington, Ohio, and some other places, had Democrats really, really concerned. Now, when this comes in. Uh, they're going to be almost, I'm not going to say suicidal, but uh, a lot of uh, Democrats, I think, will decide not to run. I saw Emmons on television uh, last night. You had him here at your dinner a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying the Democrats are going to have two decisions to make. One, are they going to retire? Or two, are you going to run again and get beat? That's that's their decisions. So I'm 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 reading further down. Okay, leave it to the government. There is a disclaimer that these uh, prices are high due to the COVID nineteen pandemic impact. Oh sure, yeah, sure they are. Sure they are. It's you know here's what's happened. All right, and and Congressman Hill touched on it. You got uh, president spent $1.9 trillion when he first came into office. Mm-hmm. That he, at that, uh, you know, the uh, congressman said really should never have happened. Then they spent uh, just now, recently, they did the uh, infrastructure, and that's $1.2 trillion. And now they got the Build Back Better program, which they're trying to push through. That if it gets passed, it's another four trillion dollars. Now add that all up, and you got somewhere near seventy seven and a half trillion to eight trillion extra dollars put into the economy. This is over and above what it takes to run our economy, pay for Social Security, pay for Medicaid, pay for everything. As he said, pays for you know, aircraft carriers, in fact, for defense. So you got all of that, which is another $4 trillion. So now you're talking $12 trillion 
in money being dumped into the economy. It makes the money worth, uh, worth less. It makes inflation spike. And uh, we're reaping what has been sown by the Democrat Party. That's right. And 13 other Republicans. I, I, no, I don't forgive them. I'd rather see. I, I'd rather see somebody else in in their place that was a, 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 a libertarian or something. Besides, yeah, the you, people I that mean, had you, to have Gingrich them back says, in. Again. We need to call all of those. Speaker Gingrich says all of those Republicans should be called Pelosi Republicans. I agree. I I agree wholeheartedly with that. I I mean, you've got a caucus. You have caucus meetings. The Republican Party is united or thought they were united to stop this insanity, and they come and give her a, a, a free out-of-jail card. That's what they did. Yeah. You know, they continue it on. That's, folks, it's insanity, and they need to be out of the party. I, I wish that Rhonda uh, would come on, the head of the party, and say, you know, no money for you for re-election. You know, if you're going to make it, you make it on your own. You know, you're 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 a politician without a home. I mean, that's what I would say. Now, I know there's Republicans out there saying, "Dave, you can't do that." Oh, yes, we can. Well, when you they vote, went against the whole caucus. Well, you know, it's one thing to go against the whole caucus on you know just regular issues, but when you're going against the whole caucus on and and voting for a socialist agenda. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's just unforgivable. I mean, we're we're quoting some of these people that the Biden administration is putting up, and they're not socialists; they're communists. That's right. It's different. I mean, it's not. You know, Sanders is a communist for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to call him that, but that's what he is. Yeah. I mean, he liked the commies so good that he went and spent his honeymoon over there in Moscow. Yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah. He's so far and we left. we put up with it. Well, I mean, he's so far left, people would just assume he's a Democrat, but he's not. He's actually an independent. Yeah, he, he's... Yeah, he's he, not part of it. He just caucuses with the Democrat Party. He's just, he's an independent. Yeah, Manchin's talking about leaving the Democrat Party and becoming an independent. Yeah. Really, what he should do is leave the party and come on over and join the Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> and it's West Virginia. His whole West, state yeah. is a Republican That's right. state. That's right. You know, I mean, seriously... I I forget what was it about thirty one percent voted for Trump or maybe it was higher than that. Yeah. We were one of the highest states that voted for. However, Trump. I don't. Uh, you know, it's it's odd because there are other senators that Caputo, Capito, you know, and she's okay as as you know on our side, but uh, they should be. You know, Manchin should come over, and they should be way more uh, conservative than they Boy, were. If he did that. And through the balance of the power of the Senate, yeah, that are home, and that's the only thing I think that's keeping him. From doing oh yeah, because he has he has the balance of power. Yeah, he's the one that's going to make the big <laughs> call. You know, that's the key. All right, we got to get our break in when we come back. In uh, school systems across America, you know, it's it's racist in our public schools now, so we need to get rid of D's and F's, so that. We don't make minorities feel like they're being picked on. We'll talk about that as we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Ken Yang is here. He's the uh, party chairman down in the Saline County GOP and is the chair of the chairs here in the state of Arkansas. So his words carry some weight. 
to be honest. All right, we'll be back and talk more with him here on the Dave Oswick Show. Don't forget about PI Roofing. They will take good care of your house. Uh, you know, the roof is one of those things that when people are out buying a home, they want to know, how old is that roof up there? Because the last thing you want to do is buy a house, and then the first thing you got to do is put a new roof on it. It's not a cheap proposition. It's going to cost you several thousands of dollars. So they want to make sure your roof is in good stead. So my suggestion is, is if you're thinking about selling, get PI Roofing out to your home, walk the roof, and uh, you know fix the problems you got so that issue is not an issue. And you can sell your home quickly and efficiently. That's uh, PI Roofing, 707-3551 or piroofing.com. All right, here, read this one. This is a pretty good one from Greg Payne. (laughs) All right. Here is the last story we'll talk about today. I mean, we've talked about some stuff today that is absolutely insane. Yeah. Like this lady that's up for this banking, uh, uh, you know, job. Uh, that's a communist. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or about. Uh, about oh, about we it. talked about this, you know, off the air that she was the recipient of the Lenin Personal Academic Scholarship. You know, from from Moscow University. Yeah, well, yeah it, can't make this stuff up. She she won't show her thesis, which was a Marxist paper mm. dealing about Marxism, economics, and revolution. All you got to do is think about it a little bit, and it's enough to make your blood run cold. All right. The story explains. Educators are moving away from traditional point-driven grading systems. This has been going on for a while. This is not like this is just starting. Aiming to close large academic gaps among racial, ethnic, and economic groups. And they explain they no longer want to, quote, penalize these minorities for behavior, work habits, and missed deadlines. You know, those traits that might actually help them in the real world. Here's, here's the key on all this. Okay, so let's say we, we move away from this grading system and go to another one where we don't, you don't have to do D's and F's or whatever. How does that help the minority? where they're at in their ability to learn and to to be able to function in our society does not change doesn't change because you change the words of how you're going to you know name it it doesn't yeah. change anything the problem with you know we talk about literacy rates and and uh, the academics and standardized testing and whatnot is for the longest time teachers uh, were not held accountable and they wanted to get kids out of their class Yep. So they gave them a passing grade, and uh, and they weren't ready to to go to the next grade or go to the next class, uh, and that's social you know, social advancement. Yeah. that's what they call. And so that. you're setting up these uh, children, you're setting up these future uh, adults uh, for failure, and and then it becomes uh, then they play the victim card, and uh, you know society's not letting me. Uh, have this job or that job but you're not qualified for that job because you went through a system that set you up for failure um and it's not a minority thing because uh you know it's a it's a lot of its family structure 
uh, you know, and there's a lot of it. Yes, is there some people that I, was I treated differently as a minority going to public schools? Yeah, were my black friends treated differently? Yes, um, but many of them are some of the most successful people that I know because you you go through the system and you work hard. Um, you know, I don't know what a D or F looks like on my report card. But Lord help me if I ever brought home a D or F yep. on my report card. I might not re- be returning to school. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, I understand. What I you're mean, saying. it's it's a parent, a parent. That's why you see parents getting more involved in their education, homeschooling rising, the push for school choice rising, because people don't want to send their kids to this crap that you just read. Yep. A lot of people want their kids out of it. These days, the Alhambra High School, uh, the English teacher that talks about that, has done away with points entirely. He no longer gives students homework and gives them multiple opportunities to improve essays and classwork. The goal is to base grades on what students are learning and remove behavior, deadlines, and how much work they do from the equation. He says... The way that they do it now, it's inequitable. As a teacher, you get frustrated because what you signed up for was for students to learn. And it just ended up being a conversation about points all the time. The points point to how well you've learned. And it's not supposed to be equal. Every student is different. I know some people may disagree with me on this, but every student is different. Every student's learning capacity is different. Some students will go to a four-year college. Some some students will go to graduate school. Some students will go to a trade school. Some students won't do any of those things and still be successful. It's not the, the, the students going into your classroom are not equal. They are all different. They're all different intellectually, and that's not intellectually book smart, but that's common sense, book smart, whatever it may be on, on whatever subject. Some some students are better at English than math. I mean, and, 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 and so this, this is why it's hard for certain politicians to say, hey, we need to give teachers a raise. Well, yeah, we want to give good teachers a raise, not crap teachers like that that you just read a raise. That that person doesn't need to be involved in anybody's education, quite honestly. And that's what we, that's what parents are pushing back against is is these awful teachers that honestly just need to be removed from our school system. Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. You have. You have to have a measurement. Yeah, I mean, you got. You, this if, is saying if, if that you, every teacher looks. If you're on Twitter, okay. I tell you what, follow this great Twitter account. Lives on TikTok has a Twitter account, but they had one teacher that had a uh, LGBTQ flag and did a video saying, "Ooh, I lost the American flag, and I don't know where yeah, it is." I and saw all, that. And all, you know, that, that's that's the crap that we're seeing across the state. There are great teachers. I, you know, I, I went to public schools. I, some some of the best things that I use today are from great. There are great teachers out there. Do not do not get me wrong. But my goodness, there are these rampant socialist um, ideologues that are teaching our, our students and school boards. Uh, administrations, superintendents, they're at fault too because yeah, they, they look just, the they other way. They just roll over. Yeah. You know, they just roll over. So it, it's something that you need to keep your eye on if your school starts talking about, well, let's do away with, you know, points-based grading and things of that nature. Then what are you going to base your grading on? You have to know that the student 
is uh, is getting it, so to speak. Uh, how are you going to do that? Is it, you know, by giving them a test over and over and over again, and they finally get the necessary points <laughs> to show you that, uh, you know, they get it? It's it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Ken, always a pleasure. <clears throat> Thanks for coming in today. We got to be you, here. We have you back next Wednesday. We'll, yep. we'll solve the problems of the world some My more. Goodness. <coughs> and again, if you're a former Marine, and I know there's no former Marines, Semper Fi, your 246th birthday today here in the United States. Tomorrow is a Thursday. We'll do it again starting at 6 a.m. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.